You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. Everybody is doing well. Uh, Amen. Look at someone and say, I'm glad you're here. Praise God. Praise God. And so I want to get into, we're going to have an illustration. I need my brother Chinadu. Give him a warm welcome as he comes up. And so he's going to come up because I want to leap straight into this illustration. I mean like illustrations. Come on. You know my illustrations are classics. Classics. And so um, we're in a series at the moment talking about um, prayer. And we're talking about God's God's collection point, and uh, I spoke about um, last time I ministered on prayer, we said that uh, uh, prayer is like God's collection point, God's customer collections, that's the word I use, customer collections, how many of you have been to customer collections, you know what I'm talking about, okay, two people, praise God, the rest of you, you're going to learn, amen, and we can pray that you can get that experience of customer collections, so he's going to be someone who's coming to customer collections, and so go, 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 go over there for a second, and so here I am, now, hold on, let me see if this works, praise God, uh, yeah, it's all good, it's planned, well, okay, so I'm in, in I'm, uh, I'm the salesperson, I'm at customer collections, so, so you come over to me. Look at that bop. No joke, man. That's a brother who owns things. How you doing there, sir? How you doing there? And so you say, I've come to collect. I've come to collect. Okay, and so I get his receipt. And so what happens is this. I go at the back here. I'm in the warehouse. Oh, what's that? Is that? No, no, no. It can't be that one. That's too big. That's too small. Okay. And I come back. We better that. And I come back out. And what I do is I give him the box. Very straightforward. There was a period of time where he had to wait. When he came to customer collections, we did not give it to him straight away. He had to wait. Now that sounds like something, this is very simple. But remember we said prayer is God's customer collections. Now I want you to come around this side. Come in this side and just wait there, wait there, wait there, and, and I'll come back and use you in a second. And so follow me. Keep watching me. You don't need to watch him. He's not going to do anything. Uh, when you go to this customer collections, there is a time between arriving and receiving. Did you see that? He came to customer collections and he gave me his receipt and then I went out the back. There was a time between arriving and receiving. With God, you got to understand there is many times going to be a time between praying and receiving. You got to get this because if you are going to collect all that God has for you, you have to learn how to wait. If you don't wait, you won't collect. Now, let me read this scripture, Luke 18, verse 2. Hear what we're saying. Just bear with me there a second. I'm coming back for you. I haven't forgotten you. My wife always says, don't leave them up there. It's embarrassing. But he's a big man. He knows what he's doing. So look, Luke 18, verse 2. This is what it's saying. This is Jesus speaking. There was a certain judge in a city who did not fear God nor regard men. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. 
and he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, this, then Jesus has told that story, then Jesus says this to the the people that are hearing the story, he says, hear what the unjust judge says, and shall not God avenge his own elect, meaning his own people that he saved, who cry out day and night to him. He says, if, if you cry out to God, God will come through for you. Then he says, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now for your grace and your mercy, your love, your kindness. Father, we pray that you would move in this place today. Father, we pray that we would not just come and hear words, but we would be changed, that we would be transformed. Father, that there would be a spiritual impartation that, Father, there would be a reorganizing of our priorities. There would be an education, Father, of our spiritual life. That we would understand, Father, there is a dynamic that you have called us to step into and we can learn about it today and implement it in our life this week and see, Father, the results in the days, months, and years to come in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. In our text in verse 4, this woman is going to this judge, and the Bible says that in verse 4, that he would not hear her for a while. There was a while that he would not hear her. And what this tells us straight off the bat is that this woman did not get what she asked for straight away. Amen? She asked, but she did not get it. She had to wait a while for this thing that she's asking for, she didn't get it straight away. Now, let me, let me come back over here. Now, if you could do me a favor, put that box back in, the, in, in there, any way you want it. So let's say I'm going to be the customer this time. And so uh, when Chinjiu comes back, so we're going to just reenact the whole thing. So now I'm coming to customer collections. So I come here and I'm saying, I've come to collect. I give you uh, my, what's going on here? Okay, it's a spirit. A ghost under the table. I give you my ticket, and then you tell me what do I need to do. What do you need to do? No, no, no. <laughs> how many? How many got? <laughs> I told you these illustrations are classic. And you're gonna say, "Amen." <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. We're, we're getting there. And so here's my ticket. I've come to collect. What do you say to me? Wait. And I say, "No." I'm not waiting. How many know I lose out? How many know I go home empty? Remember what we said prayer was? Prayer is God's customer collections. So many times we go into God for prayer, but we're not willing to wait. We think that, you know what, because I've gone to prayer, I should get it straight away. Now imagine... I, I say, no, I'm not going to wait. I walk out, go and get the box. Look what happens. I'm going home empty. I'm going, I'm leaving without anything. I'm the one missing out. Now he's brought out the very thing I wanted. 
things that belong to me are now unclaimed. Things that belong to me, they were always there for me, but I'm not receiving them and I'm not enjoying them and I'm not rejoicing over them. How many times in God's economy that God is saying, listen, if you come to me in, uh, in prayer, the first sermon I preached was John 14, 14, where it says, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. But he didn't say that I will do it straight away. Sometimes you're going to have to wait. And so many times we don't want to wait. And so when uh, uh, there's things that, it wasn't that they wanted to hold it back from me, but they just said, you're going to have to wait. Just wait here. If you will just wait here and continue in this place, you will get what you've asked for. But if you leave, storm off, you go home empty. You miss out. And the very thing, revival, is not claimed. How much revival that God wants to do in this world is just not claimed? How many blessings are not claimed? Because we won't wait. Thank you, brother. You can go sit down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Look at that. You get a clap. See, prayer is God's customer collections. And so when we go into prayer, there are times when we're going to have to wait. The question I ask today, what do you do? What do you do? Do you continue to pray or have you given up? Is there people here you've given up praying on things? Because you've had to wait, you're like the person who storms out. Is it, are, are there things that you are missing out on? Is there an emptiness in your life because you haven't claimed the blessing and revival that God has for you? Some of you have me started to say, oh, well, God was never going to give it to me anyway. No, they were going to give me. The parcel is there. It's waiting for me. It's got my name on it. They just said wait. Some of you have to realize, wait doesn't mean no. Wait doesn't mean no. But pastor, I've been waiting for so long on this. But God is not saying no to you just because he's saying wait. This woman has to go before the judge again and again and again and again for a long while. I was speaking to a pastor, a friend of mine, and he was telling me that he had preached a sermon uh, in his congregation about, you know, uh, God's going to move for you, kind of similar to this, and maybe it was on giving, or maybe it was on living pure, or whatever, and the person had kind of done it, and then the person comes back to, uh, you know, the, the, the church, and they were like, I did what they said, but I haven't got it yet. And so the person starts to reason with them. Yeah, well, listen, just remain faithful. God is going to move. And say, yeah, but I don't have it yet. I've done what it said. I'm still waiting. And, and it's like, no, but God is faithfully. I don't have it now. I, I know, I know. Uh, and the person said, this is not going nowhere, is it? And stormed off. And some of us were looking at it and be like, that's crazy. How can you respond like that? But we may not be as bold to say those things, but maybe in our spirit, We've given up on the prayer. We're no longer going. Remember what we said. This is God's customer collections, prayer. Am I still going to God in prayer? Am I still believing in the power of prayer? Am I still getting hold of God or am I going back? You know, sometimes we just believe, you know what, uh, 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 God has not got it for me. And so uh, people go back to the old life. You know, this is why so many people go back to the old life. They started praying. They believed in prayer. 
You know, it's, it's, it, it, like I was saying the other day, seeing more and more people come early for prayer. It's powerful because I know that if we have people in the prayer meeting before service, then listen, we are going to do business with God because it's prayer. You prayed for a husband, but it didn't come like that. So you're going back to your boyfriend. Start liking his, start refollowing him. Liking his holiday snaps. You know, just to kind of instigate a little son. I just like him. The Holy Spirit is telling you, listen, I thought you locked him off. But it's like, no, Holy Spirit, I just want to show him love. <laughs> the Bible says we should love everybody. You was praying. God, God saw you pray for a husband. You're praying. Listen, I want to get married. There's nothing wrong with praying for a husband. Nothing wrong praying for a wife. But because God has said, wait, are you going back? You pray for a job. You need some money. People are praying. Now they're going back to fraud. Going back. Pray for your marriage. But you're talking about going back to singleness. Pray to be fruitful. That God would use your life. But then you go back to just being a person that just wants to come to church and warm a seat. You pray, God, use my life. I want you to save people through my life. I want to be used. Conference is coming up. How many conference prayers have been prayed? It's like, oh, I've been to so many conferences and I'm still here. And God is maybe saying, listen, wait. But you've got to keep praying and you've got to keep pushing in. See, this woman did not give up and go back to her old life. The Bible says that in verse 5, of the, of the uh, text, yet because the widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. This woman did not give up. She continued to come before the judge. And if you think about this story, the Bible says there's a man in the country, he's a judge. He doesn't fear man and he doesn't really regard God. He's not even a godly man and he doesn't fear nobody. And so he's there, he's just a judge. And this widow woman, and you've got to remember in Bible times, a widow woman is a very weak individual in the society, meaning she has no man to speak for her. She's a widow. And so here is this woman that really and truly she has no effect on the judge. But the thing that affects the judge is that she continues to come. She continues to come. She doesn't give up. Waiting on God doesn't mean you're doing nothing. It means you continue to pray and believe for God to move. Could it be that we give up too easy? Could it be that some of you, you've missed out on what God has for you? That your blessing is sitting, waiting for you. That your destiny, that the thing that your heart desires is waiting for you. But you've given up on it. That you've left prayer. That you've left the prayer room. That God is saying, listen, if you will come back and continually come here, come before me, wait on me. Some of you may think, why does God make us wait? Why doesn't he just give it to us like that? Is he playing a game with us? No. The Bible shows us in Isaiah 40 verse 31. Look what it says here. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not go faint. He says, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting is how God strengthens you. Waiting 
is how God is going to strengthen you. See, in multiple ways how God strengthens you through waiting. One, waiting is what makes you more holy. Because when you're waiting on something and you don't have it yet, you're, you're examining yourself. Like, God, why? Why? And God can speak to you and start to say, listen, because this. Some of you are praying, Let's, I, I, I want this. I remember many, many years ago in another church, there was a guy, single guy, had been in the church a long time, and he was talking to me about getting married, and he wanted to date this girl, and, 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 and he liked her, and things were not going as smooth, and there was family issues, financial issues, spirit, there were so many things going on. And I remember him speaking to me, and, you know, just by the Spirit of God, sometimes God's Spirit just gives you a word for someone. And I said to him, listen, right now, you want this blessing. But God is saying, you're not ready for that blessing yet. You're not ready yet. And so, as you are waiting and going through this process, each step, you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So that by the time you get to the, where the blessing is, you have the strength to hold it. See, some people, you, you're praying for an increase financially. And God's saying, you don't have the, uh, 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 the financial mindset yet to be able to handle that much finances. You've got to go through some things. Some of you here, it's uh, like I said, it's a marriage. You, I, I want to get married. God is like, listen, sister, I'm going to have to make you wait and become more patient and become more humble because right now your mouth is not ready for marriage. Your mouth ain't ready for marriage. And there are men here, they say, I want to get married. And God's like, listen, listen, bro, you're... you're, you're, you're your pocket ain't ready for marriage. That's for, that's, that's, yeah, your pocket is not quite ready for marriage. And you're going to go through some things. Work on your career and your calling. See, when we're waiting on God, God sometimes is going to put his finger on things in our lives. And he's like, look, look what you're involved in. Look what you're doing. It's hindering prayer. Waiting on God makes you live holy. Not only will it make you live holy, waiting on God makes you humble. See, when you've had to wait for something and you've gone through some stuff, and then you get it, you're a lot more humble. You're less big-headed about it. You're more patient with people that don't have it yet. How many know when you've had to wait for something, and you wanted it, and then you get it, and you see other people going through it, you feel for them. You get something too quick, you pray, God, give it to me, you got it. And you see other people that don't have it, you're like, ah, there's something wrong with them. It's full of pride. Are you not moved with compassion for other people? There's things. Listen, some of us, we get things too quick. And our head is too big. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I want to get you to a place that you're going to wait. But when I start to bless you, you will have the humility with it. I want to tell you, blessing without humility will destroy you. And you want to know why? Where do we see the case study for that? We see that with Satan. Satan had this ability with no humility. Ability without humility makes pride. Pride will destroy you. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. But mark my words, after being saved over a few decades and being in ministry a little while, I see the pattern. And so I want to say, God, if I've got to wait for it, then so be it. Just keep me waiting so that I can be humble. It makes you holy. It makes you humble. It also makes you hungry. How many know when you wait for something, you really enjoy it? I mean, no, when you just, you know, you, 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 
something you've been waiting for, someone's got it quick and, and they just abuse it. You're like, you ain't hungry. You ain't hungry. One of the things that I realized that for me, I was thinking about as I was writing this sermon, what did I wait for? I waited a long time for my wife. I tell you, I'm hungry for that woman, man. I'm still hungry for her, man. She's, I waited a long, I waited nine years for my wife. And even though we've been married 15 years, I'm still in love. Yeah, still in love. Because I waited long enough. I rid this single life. Rid it. Sometimes it was riding me. <laughs> it's, like it's on top of me, whipping me, man. But I want to tell you, it ain't easy. And if you're sitting there and you're saying, yeah, it's easy, pastor. You ain't being single, man. We need to check you. Check you out right now, man. Because being single, and listen, I, I've been married over a decade. Singleness is even harder now. The devil is after you. At least back in the day, it was clear cut, man. It's like, yeah, I'm a man. And so, you know, I've got to be careful of women. Now you, you don't, you got to be careful of everybody. <laughs> and everything. You got to watch on both sides. Because there is so much after you. I want to tell you, you might be asking God, 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 why am I waiting? And God's saying, listen, it's not my, my wait doesn't mean no. God, why is this marriage not changed? My wait doesn't mean no. God, why am I still single? My wait doesn't mean no. Do you know what the worst thing God can do for us? And I heard a preacher say this today, and it's, sorry, this week. I was listening to a sermon, and this scared the life out of me. He said, the worst thing God can do for you is give you the thing you want, even though he didn't want it for you, and let you succeed in it. Even though it's not for you and it's not good for you, for him to step aside and say, you know what? You're fighting me so much, I'm just going to let you have it. And that's it. The worst thing God can do for us is leave us alone. I don't want God to leave me alone. I want him to continue to trouble me if I'm going in the wrong direction. I want him to continue to disturb me, continue to rebuke me. Continue. If I'm going in the wrong direction, if I'm pushing against him, if I'm doing my own will, I want him to continue to be like, no, son, no, no. I want him to push me, to crush me, do whatever you need to do. But don't let me have my own way. Because if I have my own way, I'll destroy myself. I'll destroy this church. I'll destroy people in the, in, with the aftermath of my life. There's too much at stake. And if you're someone here and you're a father and a husband, you've got to pray the same prayer because there's children looking at you and you've got to say, God, don't let me have my own way. I do not want to destroy my life, my marriage, my wife, or my kids. Continue. Lord, if I have to wait, then I'll wait because I want to be holy and I want to be humble and I've got to stay hungry. This is what I need because your word says, those that wait upon the Lord while you're here, in prayer, day after day, coming back here, God, I need you, I need you, I need you. As you continually pray morning and night, the Bible says, listen, it's renewing your strength. You're becoming renewed, you're becoming better. You thought, oh, I need that thing. God is saying, you need me more than you need that thing. You need strength more than you need that thing. You need my presence more than you need that thing. 
It doesn't even matter if it's ministry. God, I want people saved. Because if I saved that many people under your ministry, your head would explode. You would think you was Jesus. You would start to become a Hitler and kill everybody. Get back in prayer and maybe I'll start to save a few people. There's a story, I've said it before in a a men's D, but about a boxer. And uh, many, many years ago, this is during the 1930s, and he, he breaks his hand breaks his best hand. I can't remember which one it was, but he breaks his best hand. And they, they, they wash him up. They say, that's it, you can't box. And he's just going into the Great Depression. This is when he loses all his money. He has to go beg for bread for his family. He has to go to the club where he used to spend thousands of dollars and wear the nicest clothes. And he goes back into the club with, a, with, his, with his hat in his hand saying, could you just, I need no, I've got no electricity, I've got no gas, I've got no heating for my children, and my children are getting sick. And the wife said, if you don't put this heating on, I'm sending our kids away to my sister's house because these kids are getting bronchitis, these kids are getting sick. And he says, I can't leave my kids and lose my kids, and he can't box anymore. And so this is during the depression where it's so hard, and so he's going around, and he's trying to find a job. Each day he's going to this place trying to find a job. There's so many unemployed men that don't have work that it's like a lottery. He has to get up early and go down to the docks and line up. And they're pressing against a fence saying, I'll work, I'll work. And one day they say, okay, yeah, you can work. And so he desperately needs this job. And so he goes to the job and basically it's just picking up uh, sacks of things and throwing it. But he's got a broken hand. But he covers it, pretends like he doesn't. And as he's doing it, this hand hurts every time he picks up. So he has to use these other hands. And so he's putting the weight on his other hand. And he's doing this for a long time. And then by chance, there's a big boxing match. Remember, they got rid of him. He's nothing. And the person that's going to have this big boxing match gets injured. And so they say, let's, let's call him again. Let's just get him up for one, one fight. He'll come up and he'll get knocked out. And so they call him up and he just thinks, I'll do one fight. Just give me some money. I just need to feed my kids. Give me a little bit of money. I can buy some bacon and some eggs. And that's all I need for my kids. And he goes into this match and he eats all this food and he's like, listen, I'm just, it's good to be here. He's just going up there. He knows he's going to get knocked out. And he goes up and they bring him out and they bring, everyone's laughing at him. And he's just, he don't care. He's getting a few bits of pence. He can take his kids out. And he goes in the boxing ring and he starts boxing and he knocks the guy out with the hand that didn't break. Everybody goes, whoa. How did you do that? His whole career, they never saw this. During the process of using the other hand when he never had nothing, what was weak became his strength. When you are waiting on the Lord, the areas of your life, you're like, this is a trial. This is so hard. This is so difficult. God, why won't you come through for me? You don't understand that God is strengthening you at that place. But if you walk out on God, if you leave the church, if you leave prayer, if you leave, you will lose what God always had for you. That blessing, I'm thinking to myself in in the spirit, how many churches are not there because disciples gave up on God? How many souls are not there? How many weddings are not there? How many children are not there? How many businesses are not there? How many things are not claimed that when we get to heaven, we'll be like, my days, God, you wanted to do so much on the earth. Because like I did, but they walked out. They would not wait. They gave up. I don't want that. I don't want to get to heaven and see a whole warehouse and it has Courtney's name on it. I'm like, my days. I want to wait on God. How many are with me? 
Jesus says this in verse 6. And, he, and, he's, and he's, he's going back on the story that he's told. And he says, hear what the unjust judge says. And then he says this. This is what Jesus is saying. Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry to him day and night, though they bear long with him? He says, shall not God come through for you? You know what Jesus is saying? He's telling us indirectly, keep on praying God is about to move. Keep on praying God is about to move. Keep on praying God is about to move. Keep on coming to church, God is about to move. Keep on living pure, God is about to move. Keep on not going to the old weed house and the old alcohol because God is about to move. Keep on not going back to the old boyfriend and the old uncleanness and lasciviousness and fornication because God is about to move. Keep on not going to the rave. Keep on not talking about getting a divorce because God is about to move. Jesus is telling them, listen, will God not move? It's a rhetorical question, meaning it's an obvious answer. He will move for his children. Just because you don't see anything, wait. Stay in prayer. When you go to the customer collections, and it is it just, just like I did the picture here, you go there and there's a desk. And you give the guy your ticket and he goes into the warehouse. And so for a period of time, you're standing there with nothing and you see nothing. Nothing is going on. For a period of time, before he comes and brings it, think about this now, I'm standing here, I've made my request, I have nothing, and I see nothing. See, what's going on is this guy is going around the warehouse. What's going on, he's looking for my stuff, but I don't see it. Just because I don't see what God is doing, doesn't mean God is not working on my behalf. See, some of you, you do not see anything right now. So you've become discouraged. You have to see things before you believe things. But our Bible says, when I believe things, then I'll see things. It's totally different. See, this world and the culture and the uh, so-called science is telling you, no, when you see it, then you can believe it. I want to tell you, the Bible says, no, no, no. Once I believe it, then I will start to see it. There are many things that I have never seen, but I believe them, and now I'm seeing them come to pass. See, there's a very unusual passage of Scripture. Maybe you've read it, maybe you've gone over it, Daniel, 9, Daniel 10, verse 12. And this may explain certain things to some of you, what's going on in your life right now. The Bible says, then he said to me, do not fear, this is the, the angel speaking to Daniel, for from the first day, say first day, first day, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Your words from the first moment that you prayed, 
God heard your words from the very first day. And he says, and I have come because of your words. Next one. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So it says, the first day that you started praying, God says, I answered your prayer. But what happened was, he says, there is spiritual warfare going on. There are other things that you did not see going on. He says, for 21 days uh, that he withstood me. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, this is of the angels, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. See, the Bible says this is Daniel continues to pray. The first day Daniel prayed, God issued an answer. But spiritual warfare is going on. There is more going on here than meets the eye, church. There is more going on. Do you think that it's just a thing of, oh, we come in, I want to be blessed? No, there are things resisting you. There are spirits resisting you. There are spirits resisting what God wants to do in your life. There's some of you, the devil knows, once you get married and live for God, you're going to be a force to reckon with. So he's going to hinder that. Some of you here, the devil knows, once you get a job and start earning money or start your business, you're going to be a, bi a big blesser and investor in the things of God. He's going to hinder that. So all different types of things. There are people here, you've got talents and abilities. And you're like, God, I want to be used. And what's happening in, there's a frustration. And for 21 days... This war is going on. And so Daniel could have said, I've prayed today and I do not see nothing. This is not working. But the angel says, no, the moment you prayed, God responded. But you did not see it straight away. I'm not, I wasn't here on that day because there's spiritual warfare. And if Daniel would have left praying and left God, he never would have got that blessing on the 21 days. This is why we've got to be continually waiting on the Lord. We've got to be in prayer. We've got to realize, I may not see something, but I know many things are going on. Let me close with this. Waiting can feel long. How many, how many give me amen there? Feels long. I don't like waiting, church. I really don't like waiting. I'm not feeling it. But, Jesus tells me something. If we can go to verse 7 of the text. Let's go to verse 7 and let's just read through this. He says, hear what the unjust judge says. And shall God not, and now he's telling us how God moves. Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night. They remain in prayer. They never stop praying to him. Though he bears long with them. Go to the next one. Look what he said. He said, he bears long with them with them. Sometimes it's going to feel long. It feels like a long thing. This is long, pastor. Sometimes the Bible told us from the get-go it's going to feel long. But look at how God works. I tell you that he will avenge them. What does it say? Now what does it say? Say it louder. It says he will move speedily. How can it be long and speedy? Huh? You ever thought about it? How can it be long and speedy? What it means is that it feels like for a long time you see nothing. 
And then the moment God moves, he does it super quick. See, some of you, you're waiting for a long time and you want to give up. And maybe some of you have given up. You've given up on God. You've gone through things. You prayed. It wasn't answered. But God says, listen, if you will continue to wait on me, continue to pray, I will move speedily. The illustration of this would be like, imagine for two years trying to start a business. And you've been praying to God. You're trying to start this business. For two years, it's like nothing really is taking, nothing really is moving. But you're, you've been praying, you've been believing God, and then God moves. And within six months, you make more money than you ever dreamed of, than you could have made in six years. So you waited a long time, but then when God moves, he moves speedily. This is how God moves. This is in your Bible. I'm not making this up. I'm not just telling you this to make you happy so you come back next week. This is how God moves. We've got to study how God moves. We've got to understand this is like somebody saying, there's nobody for me in this church. I've been in this church a few years, there's no one for me in this church. Right now, you may say, there's nobody for me in this church, and by this time next year, you're planning your wedding. Some of you like that. Some of that sweet you. You didn't hear nothing I said all, all day. This time next year, you are planning your own wedding. Thank you. Because God says, I, they may wait long, but when I move, it's speedy. This is talking about our baby churches. Our baby churches are out. They're, they're contending. They're pioneering. But God moves and clicks. And then we see before long our baby churches sending out churches. In one conference we see from Wandsworth and under Wandsworth ten churches out. Because when God moves, he moves speedily. See... The real thing is at the end, look what he says after Speedy. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, that's speaking about Jesus, when he comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Do you, re you know what he's saying? Do we, do we really believe it? See, this is all a faith issue. Faith is not about how quick you get things. Faith is, how long will you wait? See, faith is not how quick you're going to get it. You said, oh, if I, have really, if I have big faith, I'll get it straight away. No, 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 no. Jesus tells this story about waiting. And at the end, he says, when I come back, will the church really have faith? Will I just have church attenders and professional Christians, people that intellectually know a lot about it, or will I have faith? You know how we're going to know if we have faith? By our prayer lives, by staying in prayer, by waiting on God. And maybe I've been waiting for one or two or five years, but I'm going to keep waiting because God is going to move. And when he moves, he's going to move speedily. Amen. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We hope you've been blessed, edified and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk.